Where am I? Good morning. I'm Judith Lay, welcoming you to Praise, the programme that connects faith and daily life. Man's Radio. On today's programme, we meet a man who gave his life to God because he thought church was so boring. And we find out what a difference it makes when women around the world stand shoulder to shoulder. And because many churches will celebrate the Feast of Christ the King in their services today, that's the theme of our music, starting with a powerful version of Immortal, Invisible God, Only Wise, from the Scottish Festival Singers. I was in Broadway Baptist Church here in Douglas for a Churches Alive in Man celebration. All the island's major Christian denominations were represented and there was great music from the Ascent into Church Worship Band led by Reverend Alex Brown. And there was a guest speaker. His theme was Where Do We Grow From Here? And when the service was over last night, I was grateful for the chance to talk with Reverend Ken Benjamin, Senior Minister of Chichester Baptist Church and President of Baptist Together, or the Baptist Union of Great Britain. And exploring that important leadership role is where we began to talk. Oh, it's, it's a huge privilege to do what I've been doing over the last year. In fact, it's three years, really, because I've been Vice President 
for the first year and then your president for a year and then your outgoing president. So you travel around. There are 2,000 Baptist churches in our union and then like tonight where we've been here in Douglas, very often it's across denominations because God doesn't think in terms of denominations in the way that we do. So just seeing some of the variations, some of the ideas people have got and some of the insights has been such a wonderful privilege. And from small churches to large and, and people doing a whole variety of different things, Judith. Would you say that your role is to encourage and inspire people? Is that really what your role is? I think it's to encourage and inspire and perhaps also to to challenge. I think that if we keep doing what we're doing as, as churches, then some of our churches will grow looking at the numbers and perhaps there's more church growth than we generally uh, think from the outside looking looking in if we only listen to the media but some of our churches won't many of our churches would be aging and declining and they needn't be because we carry such an important message i would say the message of hope for now and eternity so it's for all of us to use the creativity god has given us to try to create a way of helping the churches to grow so so there's a bit of challenge in there too now you've been in your own church in chichester for over 20 years 23 yes. years yes. you must have seen quite a lot of change what mm. have you discovered over those years ken i think if i'm honest with you I, I went into church ministry because i found church boring i just thought that if we've made it boring then we've done something that is its own form of kind of heresy, kind of teaching something wrong because the message should never be boring. Jesus was never boring. So if I, if we had just made church credible and interesting and relevant, then people would come. And so we tried to do that. We don't always succeed, but we tried to do that. And over the first seven years or so, we saw some some growth. And that was really encouraging, whether that's real growth or not, I'll leave to the law. But it was really encouraging. But I, I found, then found myself facing a question that I hadn't anticipated, which was, Along the lines of, if we keep doing that, we may continue to see some growth, but we will never be the answer for a growing number of people who will never walk into the door of our church or any church, and we can't be okay with that. So surely there is room to try some bold experiments, to try some other ways of gathering. And so we began to explore what it looks like to do church in totally different ways from a traditional Sunday service or even even a modern Sunday service. I had a what's called a sabbatical break, like a study break that ministers often have. And I visited other people doing church in imaginative and creative ways to come up with our own plan. If you jump forward to what we now do, we have our we still have a Sunday service and we still try to make it credible and interesting and relevant. But we also have eight other different missional communities or alternative gatherings that meet in a whole variety of different ways from and most of those are monthly activities also on a Sunday morning as an alternative to our Sunday offering. So from uh, taking over a sports centre and running a whole bunch of sports activities with a half-time team talk to people going out mountain biking and road biking and stopping and having um, opening the Bible and praying for one another to doing services in older people's homes to offering a lunch for homeless and vulnerable people to needle craft that stops and have a, has a discussion to a walk and talk group to visiting people in their homes and so on. So we now... Th- reach over those eight different alternative gatherings about the same number of people as we do in our main Sunday service but that's taken a long time to get there and we've also tried other things that haven't worked just with that idea of some bold experiments. You've got to be the first person I've ever met who went into the ministry. You had to fix it. (laughs) Well I I could take you to a church I grew up in and until recently 
I could take you to the pews in that in that church. They've taken their pews out now and put chairs there. But I could have taken you to those pews and shown you nail marks in the back of the pews. And they're my nail marks, Judith, from just trying to stay awake. Um, but it's a, it's a kind of not judge a book by its cover thing. I found the cover quite unappealing, but I found the contents compelling. And so I knew that I would be in church for the rest of my life. And I don't think that I have the answers at all. But I do think that it, it's, there's the onus on us to, to try to use the creativity God has given us to try to be credible and interesting and relevant. And so we still try and do that. We absolutely commit to that um, as, as best we can. So, yes, I did go into church because I found church boring and wanted to try to be part of the answer. It's very liberating mm. when somebody in a position of leadership like mm. yourself says, I don't have the answers. Mm. Because what that frees other people mm. up to do is to say, well, maybe we can work something mm. out together. Mm. I love this idea of a half-time team talk. I think a half-time team talk is a good way to view what a sermon or um, any sort of address in a church should be. Um, surely we're about equipping the people who are in our congregations, in our churches, for the whole of their lives, not just for the service they do on a Sunday. And the whole of their lives is by far the majority of, of their lives. And so we come together. Somebody has the privilege of standing and giving an address, a sermon, homily, whatever you want to call it. I think it's a half-time team talk. And the first half may have gone well, and it may have gone badly, but we're about giving resources and tactics and ideas and encouragement to get back out there in the game. And those of us who stand and speak, uh, male or female, ordained or not, we should be uh, player managers in that analogy. We should have our own stories and we should help equip people for wherever they find themselves. One of your stories that touched me was the story about your love of golf. Oh, uh, yeah. You led into mm. this by talking to us about where is our front line? Mm. Where do we meet people mm. where we can witness mm. to our faith? And mm. how would we do that? Mm. And this, you said mm. about you, you mm. enjoy playing golf and take mm. every opportunity to do so. Mm. And playing with people that you don't know is mm. your front line, isn't it? Absolutely. And I, I don't go straight at it, you know, with trying to tell people about my faith. I'm, I'm too competitive for that, if I'm honest with you. I'm trying to, to, to win a game of golf. But I found that typically it's about halfway round that somebody asks me what I do for a living. And so I say I'm a minister of a church. And there's often a bit of silence at that point. And I've learned that I think what people are doing is they're replaying those last two hours in their heads. And they're trying to work out how they've been over the last two hours. I've known them apologise for their language. I'm not worried about that. But they're also, more importantly, trying to work out and replay how I was over those last two hours. How was I in the shop when we had to wait for a bit? How was I when actually we should have been let through because the group in front of us were too slow? How was I when things went really well for me and really badly for them and vice versa? Really well for them and really badly for me. And they're trying to replay all of that in the light of this new knowledge that I'm not just a minister, I'm a Christian. And I think that's true for all of our people once they tell other people that Christianity is important to them. And of course, it's over much more than two hours. And the thing is that our, our friends who are not Christians or don't yet share our faith, they're not expecting perfect, but they do expect a difference. And that's a reasonable expectation. They expect a difference in the light of this knowledge that we, we have a faith. 
Again, the message that you're passionate, it seems to me, about putting mm. over is that Jesus is for every part of our life. Mm. There is no compartment mm. that he stays in or no part that mm. he can't affect mm. if we bring it to him. Mm. That's That seems to me to be the core of what you're saying to us. That's a really good summary, Judith. I would say that um, we talked today about Jesus promising to be with us always in the very end of Matthew, all the days, every day, good days, bad days, and a whole bunch of average days. And we talked about the Paul's instruction in Colossians, repeated slightly differently in Ephesians, to do whatever you do with all your heart, as though you're working for the Lord, not for human masters. I think we found that people who are new to faith um, just take that for granted, that that's what Christianity is, that it's about the whole of our lives. So we've been trying to convey those values for 23 years in my church. But people who have been in churches for a long time and perhaps moved to our city and then come to our church, the idea of emphasising the whole of people's lives rather than what they do in church and what they do on a rotor in church or what they do midweek for the church, that's important, but by no means the majority of, of what's important or the bigger thing. That's often a, a newer lesson for them. And so it's a bit of re-education that we really are interested, and God is particularly interested in the whole of people's lives, family life, neighbourhood life, social life, work life, paid or unpaid, of any age, retired, pre-working age, uh, school, college, um, the whole gamut. It, it all counts, and we offer it all to him. Ken, in conclusion, let's have a little look to the future. When you've mm. completed this, uh, your term of, of office, yeah. you're going to take a sabbatical and then you're going to join the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity. Mm. Just in a sentence or two, what does the London Institute do? It's a good question. They're an organisation that a, a guy called John Stott set up. John Stott was a theologian and a brilliant speaker and a communicator, probably... Many people would view him as one of the trailblazers for modern theology of the of the last century, certainly, and into into this century. And he only, he only ever set up two charities. One was to do with theological training for the majority world, for Africa, Asia, Latin America, and those who don't get much training. And that's called the Langham Institute, a brilliant charity. And the other is the one that I'm going to work for, the London Institute for Contemporary Christianity. And John Stott talked about double listening. What he meant by that was listening to the word of God, and listening to the world that God has created and applying one to the other. Um, so we're always trying to look at what the reality of the world is and trying to uh, apply the word of God to it. Not that we bend the word of God to whatever is going on in the world, but that we're always trying to make it um, apply to the context that we find ourselves in. So now the London Institute for Contemporary Christianity use a term called frontline. Your frontline is where is there in your week where you spend most time with people who don't yet share your faith. That could be workplace, but it could be wider. That's that's your frontline. And so they're trying then to equip people and equip churches to equip people uh, for being the best version uh, of themselves with God's help that they can be there. So I will be the director for church relationships um, within that organisation. And that's um, across nations, but particularly, um, it will include the Isle of Man, but particularly across, across Britain too. So I hope I get another visit here, particularly looking at, at that aspect of what they do. 
So really, it's a way of equipping people for mission yes. and ministry so that they come into the church and be fed and, and go out to, to be at their front line and the best version of themselves at the, at the front line. Absolutely, Judith. So, so it, it does convey the idea that we're all ministers. Um, we're all called to be uh, priests on our front line. We're all called to a mission. And so it removes that uh, perhaps perceived hierarchy of jobs within the church world where if you're a clergy like I am or an ordained minister, you're maybe at the top of some perceived hierarchy. And then after that, one might consider caring jobs as really very spiritual. And then after that, teaching jobs. And if you're not careful, you end up with people who run their own business as being the least spiritual, which is the opposite of the truth in the sense that it doesn't matter what you do, as Colossians says, Colossians 3, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So any of those jobs can be the most spiritual if you give it to God and do it as best you can.
Alleluia, sing to Jesus, another hymn celebrating today's Feast of Christ the King, and sung for us there by the St. Michael Singers. Before that, I was talking to Reverend Ken Benjamin, President of Baptist Together, who's visiting the island this weekend. And if you'd like to meet him, there's a warm welcome for everyone at Broadway Baptist Church here in Douglas. It's very easy to find on Broadway, almost opposite the side gates to the Villa Marina. And Reverend Ken will be sharing in the service there this morning at half past ten. And so to my next guest. Louise Whiteleg is well known as our local Christian Aid representative, but this morning she joins us to talk about another of her interests, the local branch of Methodist Women in Britain. Yeah, Methodist Women in Britain, it's actually a great little organisation. It's the Methodist ladies and we all get together periodically and do various different things. We might do a coffee morning for fun or we might go out somewhere or we might have a meal together. And sometimes we champion a few causes. Now, have you been wearing black on a Thursday? Does that sound familiar? I've not been doing it as conscientiously and as regularly as I should have. But I remember when Methodist Women in Britain started that. And I thought it was such a good idea. Just remind us, Louise, what that's all about. Well, we started campaigning with it on the island because we just thought it was absolutely fantastic. It actually started with the World Council of Churches. So it's this initiative that's part of the bigger picture. But what is it? What we're doing by wearing black every Thursday, it's all about female solidarity. Now, just before you switch off and start thinking it's about mad feminists, it's nothing like that at all. It's about women standing together to speak out against rape and violence against other women. It's about female solidarity globally. So the World Church has started this initiative a few years ago now called Thursdays in Black. If you Google it or go on the computer, there's all sorts of different ideas around it. The core idea is it's that female solidarity. It's women standing together and supporting each other. Now, I'll tell you a little story. When I was over in Burundi, I went over to see a group of domestic violence and rape survivors in Burundi. And it wasn't part of the programme, but do you remember ages ago before I went, I was running around collecting pants and sanitary towels and things to take over for the ladies. So this was for the ladies. I went with the gifts that we had from the Isle of Man and put them in their hands. So the ladies had new bras and new underwear. Let me just paint a picture here. So I went into this large room, which was part of a school, and there was the director of this program then there was my translator and then this is me this white lady so must be posh coming to visit them so there was an awful lot of pressure building with all these vips if you will there and then these ladies walked in who were all being victims of violence and these women walked in humiliated ashamed like a beaten animal really and i looked at them how do I link to these people? And I could just feel how awful it was that I was there and doing this to them. So I told them my story. And it's not anything I ever talk about in public. However, I looked at these women and I thought I have to share with them my history. And you know something? When they listened to the story and the shock had worn off, because how can that happen? How can that happen to a white person? from a civilised country, because that only happens to us in Burundi. That doesn't happen to other people. And you could see the veil lifting at the end of that conversation. You could just feel us all standing together in this female solidarity. 
And that is what Thursdays in Black is about. And that's why I'm involved with it. Very, very brave of you to share your own story with anybody. That takes a lot of courage. And that shows how much you wanted to empathise with those women, doesn't it? Their pain was tangible as you saw them walking into the room. And when I saw how I'd obviously made those women feel, I'd almost put them on the spot. And they weren't comfortable to tell their stories. I actually walked away from that encounter and didn't have a single one of their stories. I just knew my gift actually to them was that little piece of me. Because then in that instant, they saw it happens all over the world. And also it showed that you weren't patronising them that you weren't feeling superior, that you were feeling on a level with them and you just brought them some gifts to stand in solidarity. But it could so easily be misunderstood, couldn't it? Oh, absolutely. And that's why I was moved at the time just to level with them. Never, ever done that before. Never, ever spoken about that to a large group like that. But I had to in those circumstances. And the veil that lifted from these women's faces... It was just that complete female solidarity and that's what Thursday in Black is about. That's what we should be doing as women. We should all be standing together and be united and that's what the Methodist women in Britain are doing on the Isle of Man. And you don't have to dress completely in black. If you just consciously choose one black item of clothing on that Thursday and you know why you're wearing it and you're consciously keeping those issues of women... Keeping them in your heart and in your mind. And actually, I mean, you know, I've got two white dogs, so black is just really not going to happen in my house. Um, So what we did was we made some little black ribbons, which you can still get through some of the churches. Um, There's also little badges as well if you want to explain what you're doing. But the most important thing is really that we do all support each other. And you've got something particularly special coming along on Saturday, haven't you, Louise? Oh, you know how I like my crafts. My husband says I'm very crafty. I'm sure that's what he's talking about. The World Council of Churches have actually got a really big meeting coming up in Geneva in 2021. And what they've said to everybody, all different organisations, so it doesn't matter if you're a Methodist or not a Methodist, it doesn't matter. The only thing is you have to be a lady. So what they've said is they'd like us to come together to make a tapestry a waterfall tapestry. So we've got a little squares that we're going to craft and we're going to sew or we're going to glue. I don't know, it really doesn't matter. If you haven't got the sewing skills, just come along for a natter and to support us. But we're going to make lots of these little squares and we're going to send them off and they're going to be incorporated into this big global tapestry, which is going to be at the World Church Council's Synod in 2021. The deadline's in December, which we need to get them away for, because I think it's going to take time to turn them into a quilt and make them into this big waterfall of messages. So we're actually pushing our luck a little bit, so we must get things done this Saturday. Right, so this is next Saturday, the 30th, and where are you having this, Louise? Well, we're going to be up at Union Mills Methodist Church. There's a nice little hall there, and what we're going to do, because we never do anything that's just one thing, do we? So we're going to have a bit of a bring and share lunch, Um, So if you want to come and join us for lunch, just bring something you can share with you. Um, We're going to have a couple of little talks from a few um, interesting people talking about this and other things. And of course, we're going to do the craft. It is that female solidarity. It's an opportunity just to sit down, have a bit of fellowship and a bit of a natter with friends you know and potential friends of the future. We're going to be there from 11 until 3 and it's going to be a drop-in. But if you want to come and hear the talks, the talks will be about one. But feel free to just come and drop in if you've got a spare 
hour or half an hour between 11 and 3. And if you don't think that you're particularly crafty or creative, but you want to be part of it, I'm sure that you will be on hand with your box of treasures to encourage people to... Oh, yes. I've got a bag of goodies. Um, I've got all the squares cut out. I've got lots of sequiny, glittery type things. And I've actually even got a Singer sewing machine, yeah. one of the old-fashioned Singer sewing machines. It's going to be brilliant to participate in this worldwide quilt from our little Isle of Man. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, worship your holy name, the sun comes up. It's a new day dawning It's time to sing your song again Whatever may pass And whatever lies before me Let me be singing when the evening comes Bless the for On Praise today. Thank you to my guests, Reverend Ken Benjamin, President of Baptists Together, and Louise Whiteleg, talking about Methodist women in Britain. Thank you for listening to this week's Praise Podcast. There's a new Praise Podcast available every Sunday morning. You can subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify via the Manx Radio smartphone app or at manxradio.com. 
The Praise blog is where you'll find our full church notice board, alongside details of everything that we've talked about on today's programme. Again, go to manxradio.com, on the homepage, click on air, and on the drop-down menu, follow the link for blogs. So, till we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for your company, and I wish you, and those you love, every blessing in the days ahead. Yes, Pure